Hello, and welcome to Miss Genealogy, the podcast, where my number one goal is to get you fired up about family history. Times have changed, and family history isn't just for your grandma. You can sneak it into your everyday life, and the blessings far outweigh any sacrifice, I promise. This podcast is all about connecting to your family, both past and present, and I am so glad that you're here. Okay, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the show today. I have a very special guest, Leslie Alder. I am so excited for you to meet her and hear about her incredible story. So Leslie, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be on. I've listened to your podcast for a while and I feel like my stories I'm going to share today are basically a success story based on your podcast because everything I've done has kind of been inspired by an idea I had from listening to one of your guests. So Oh, yay. I love that. That's awesome. Which guest was it that you were inspired Um, by? There's a couple. The one that I remember the most was the Welsh Wagon Wheels when she took the whole family on that amazing cross-country adventure to visit different family history sites. Oh, yeah. I know. That was amazing. So cool. Okay. So, Leslie, can you just tell my listeners, give us a little background. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name's Leslie, and I live in San Diego right now. We just moved here about a year ago, so not a native. I wish I was, though, because I love it here. Uh-huh. Um, I have two kids. I have a three-year-old boy and an almost two-year-old girl, so they keep me pretty busy. But um, I studied speech therapy and human development at Family Life in college um, with a music minor, and so right now I'm teaching music lessons, um, kind of as like a part-time gig, but otherwise I stay at home with my kids and just have so much fun. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So I want to hear a little bit about how you got into family history. What does family history look like for you? Sure. Yeah. So I always thought I wasn't a family history person just because I have the stereotypical family history genius grandmother. Like she's done it her entire life. She's, she knows everything. Everyone knew her as the family history lady. And so I thought, oh, she's kind of mm-hmm. old in our family check the box. I don't have to worry about it. But the yes. more about different aspects of family history, specifically what you like to share about bringing your own talents into family history, I realized that I've always kind of loved it. I've always loved taking pictures and I've always loved writing in journals as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved family stories. My dad, he's an amazing storyteller and he comes from kind of a crazy family with a crazy sense of humor. It takes a while to get used to. <laughs> But I still remember from a very, very young age listening to him tell crazy stories of his grandpa who actually had a wooden leg. Wow. Most of these stories were true. Later, I found some of them are a little bit exaggerated. (laughs) They just have an awesome sense of humor and an awesome ability to find the joy in life despite hard things. So I loved hearing their family stories. And I loved family reunions when all my dad's siblings would get together because they're just as crazy as he is and bouncing stories off each other and Mm-hmm. Love the really strong family identity that came from listening to them tell these stories. And I remember thinking that I want to have these kinds of experiences to share with my kids. Um, so I started kind of collecting different stories and funny things that I wanted to share with them. Um, but that's just kind of really a core part of my family culture is storytelling and mm-hmm. especially specifically funny stories. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Can you, do you have a short story to share? What's something that usually gets passed around at those family reunions? Oh, yeah. Well, there's so many. Um, <laughs> so one of them, one of my favorite ones. So my grandpa, he lost his leg when he was a teenager because he was actually racing a train <laughs> with his buddy and he tripped 
and he fell on the tracks and then his, his oh buddy saved him, he lost a little bit of his toes and then with infection he lost a bit more so he's had a wooden leg pretty much since he was a young teenager but not a lot of people knew about it and so his senior year of high school he's supposed to be giving this um kind of an assembly and so he gets up there and he's supposed to be sharing some advice with the incoming freshman class and so he goes up there and he gets a chair and he puts his leg on the chair just as he's going to be like talking to somebody he says you know uh-huh. the most important thing I can share with you to be successful in high school is just to have a lot of concentration if you have concentration you can do anything and he goes on this spiel about concentration meanwhile <laughs> his friend comes up and gets a big um, railroad spike puts it in his foot and starts hammering it in as he's telling oh. the story and nobody knows that he has a wooden leg and so they're just completely shocked like that he can continue this whole spiel with someone putting a nail on his foot and then at the end of the thing he just picks up the nail picks up the chair and hops off like it's not a big deal oh that is awesome i love that well, same kind of sense of humor throughout his whole life he just loves playing jokes on people at his own expense mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so you've told me a little bit about your parents wedding video wedding video can you expound on that a little bit for my listeners Yeah. So one of my most clearest memories, like the earliest memories I can think of related to my family is watching my parents' cute little wedding video. We'd watch it every single Sunday without fail after church. We'd come home and that was like one of the only videos we were allowed to watch. So we watched it every single Sunday. And it was a pretty (laughs) pretty average video. I mean, very, very common to what you see where you have the pictures of them, my mom and dad from the time they were babies up until they met each other. And then just some video footage of them after the ceremony outside the temple and then the reception. But just seeing that so many times through my childhood, it made such a strong connection to me and my parents' relationship because mm-hmm. I saw them young. And then I also got to see my grandparents and my uncles and aunts who were at the reception to see them young, but see their same personalities kind of shine through. Um, mm-hmm. I was just fascinating that they're the same people. Like they look totally different, but they're the same people. Um, right and even just some of the songs that the videographer added in there they have such meaning to me because I heard them so many times growing up and so every time I hear those songs I think oh that's my parents song Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure my parents struggled with their relationship in different parts just like everyone does but it never even occurred to me as a kid because that wedding video like I based all of my faith in their relationship (laughs) on that video and (laughs) I just knew that like we were a strong family and I was part of a really strong Um, relationship and so I wanted a video just like that when I got married Um, Mm. but unfortunately through a different series of events I didn't end up having any footage of my wedding which is very very sad but I still wanted my kids to have that same connection to our wedding day and our love story and our marriage Um, so for our first anniversary for my husband I drew just some simple figures like stick figures of our love story so we have our first kiss and then our engagement and then our wedding and I put the dates underneath each one of those so we could always remember what happened. We'd never have any uh-huh. forgetting. Um, <laughs> but also just to show how long it's been since we've been together and how far we've come. And so mm-hmm. I framed it and I hung it up and I didn't think much about it. But when I had my first child, the thought occurred to me that I could kind of use this as like a series in our family and continue it so that each child would see how they fit into our love story and fit into our family. Oh, I love that. And so to announce that we were having our first child, I drew another similar stick figure. Um, and then to, it was my husband and I holding a newborn baby and I put his birthday underneath as the date. 
Um, mm. And I carried that same pattern on for each child. I mean, I have two kids now, so I've done it for both kids. But I did, <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, I really want them to be able to see themselves as a part of the family and have that anchor to our relationship. So mm-hmm. that's how I kind of made up for not having the wedding video. Yeah, I love that. I have a similar story to yours. We have very few even pictures from our wedding. I have a lot of pictures at the temple, outside the temple, because my photographer, you know, took all of the big group photos and everything. So those are awesome. And we cherish those. But I got married, I just had my 10 year anniversary. And back then, it's it's so crazy how times have changed even in 10 years, but people didn't just carry around, you know, their iPhones and snap pictures all the time. Yeah. And so I just have a a small handful of pictures from our reception that night. And so I love that even though you didn't have video footage, you still, you know, you still have been trying to teach and, you know, talk to your kids about your wedding. And I need to do that more. So I am inspired by you to... (laughs) To even show show my kids the video that we played at our luncheon. I don't think my kids have ever even seen that. So I need to go show that to them. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, they may not care too much about it. But, I mean, like me, they might latch onto it. And that's just like their permanent view of their parents' relationship. So I think it'd be so fun for them to just see you in a different state. Because they get so used to seeing you as like a parent role. And it, it was just right. fun for me to see my parents as like adults, not as parents. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think that's so important to recognize that we have no idea what our kids are going to really latch on to, like you said, and just cherish for their whole lives. And yeah. so I think the more things we can expose them to, the more likely they're going to be to latch on to something. And so, so yeah, I love that idea. Thank you for sharing that. Totally. So I'm guessing that this, you know, you talked about how you drew the little stick figures and you've told me that you have... Um, you've had a shop uh, where you draw family portraits and important life events. So did this kind of trigger that for you or how did your little shop come to be? Yeah, it did. So I had my little just very basic stick figure drawings and I loved how simple they were. Um, But my husband's sister got married this past summer. She's the first sibling since I've been married to be married. And so it was kind of a big deal for me. And I wanted to give her something a little bit more meaningful than just like a toaster off a registry. So (laughs) I... Um, got inspired by our little love story timeline. And so I decided to make her one based on her important dates. And so I kind of revamped the style. And fortunately, since I first did my, um, I did the first version of it, I've gotten a little better with drawing. So I made a little (laughs) bit more of a professional looking um, version of it. And I, it was, it was so much fun. I got to sneakily kind of ask her fiance what the different dates were without them figuring out what I was trying to do. And Oh, be a fun. picture of her wedding dress and so I tried to incorporate that as detail as I could and so I presented them with their own love story timeline so I have their first kiss and their engagement and their wedding day um, and they actually ended up displaying it at their wedding reception as part of like the guest book sign in uh-huh. it was so fun because a lot of times you go to weddings and you don't really know one side or the other and so it was kind of right. cool for them to get a little bit more background uh-huh um, on how they both met up together. So I'm just so passionate about the stories that are behind people coming together and how families are created and using those stories to create a really strong family identity. So I've had such a fun time drawing other people's families and learning about their stories. And um, recently my friend asked me to help her with a fun kind of family project. She wanted me to do one relating to our ancestors, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, She had this comic that, is kind of a favorite comic in their family 
Uh, it's a family circus comic. I'll try to describe it, but I think you could include a picture so that the viewers can see it and get a little bit more yeah. background. Yeah, I but... will link it in the show notes for everybody. Oh, thank you. So basically, it's a grandma and a mom and a little girl, and they're standing in a field in a line, and there's a photographer taking their picture. And the photographer has a little speech bubble above them that says, beautiful, three generations lined up for a picture. But if you look to the left, you see a line of about five women drawn kind of transparently and they're wearing older clothing like clothing from the 50s and then from the 20s and on back Mm. kind of implying like the grandma's mom is there and the grandma's grandma is there and going back down the line and then if you look Mm -hmm. to the right you see a never-ending line of little transparent babies getting smaller (laughs) (laughs) it's like the generations that are yet to come and so I just love the imagery of that of even though we can't see our ancestors with us and we can't see whatever generations will come that I think they really are invested in our lives now. And they really want to be a part of our lives mm-hmm. if we can't visually be present in like family photos. Right. Yeah. I love that. So what did you end up doing for your friend? Did you draw us? I'm guessing you drew something similar. Yeah. So we're still kind of working on it. I, it was her idea. And so I was trying to catch the right vision, but I think we're going to end up doing um, a similar style where her and her mother and her grandmother and her daughter, who are living, will be drawn as if, you know, they're just normal people. Mm-hmm. And then having as many women, she wants it to be all women, so all the women in her line. Um, and I'm going to look at the pictures that she has of each of them and try to make them seem as similar as I can. And then maybe just have them all be wearing white so that you can tell that they're not not part of a, the living family. But uh-huh. it's been really fun to work on. Totally different. Uh, I love that. Too, but it's been good. Yeah. So is your shop still open? Are you still accepting new clients or projects or have you decided? Yeah. Yeah. It's still open. It's actually relatively new. I kind of did it on the side for a little bit and I officially opened it a couple months ago. So if people are interested, we can include that in the show notes too. Yes. I definitely want to include that. That'll be fun for people to check out. Yeah. And hopefully by then the ancestor one will be done so I can put that up there and you can see what the finished product ended up looking like, but I'm yeah, I think, I think that's such a fun idea. Awesome. Okay. So I want to hear a little bit about how, you know, I'm always interested in people with, you know, young moms with little kids at home, how do they incorporate family history? And I love how everybody does it in such a unique way. And I think I've talked about this many times on the podcast, but I just love hearing how everyone puts their own spin on it because I, I think that's really what Heavenly Father wants us to do, and he wants us to use our talents and take advantage of the gifts that he's given us personally. So what have you done, Leslie, to help teach your kids these values and um, to teach them your family stories? Yeah, so like I said, we have a really strong family culture of telling family stories, and so I decided that the best way that I can kind of pass on the values that I want my kids to pick up is through stories and why not family stories? Like that's gotta be the most powerful kind of stories you can share. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had experiences in my life where I've gone through something difficult and I didn't understand why I needed to go through that. But later on a close roommate or my sister will go through something very similar. And I realized that for at least part of the reason, that's why I had to go through it so that I could relate to them better and help um, them get through it. And so I thought that if we're going through these challenges in our lives, certainly we're not the first ones to experience it. And most likely one of our, either our parents or grandparents or someone down the line has had something very similar happen. And mm-hmm. the reading, how they got through it and what they learned from it can be really helpful. 
Um, so I decided to kind of organize those stories by values. So I decided when I studied um, family life in college, we had an exercise where we talked about passing on values in the family. Mm. Um, and so we had like a list of a hundred different values, everything from like entrepreneurship to courage to responsibility, like any, pretty much any characteristic you can develop. Um, and our teacher had us choose our top seven that we mm. wanted to pass on. And so I did that exercise and I did it with my husband. We kind of averaged them out. Um, and so we chose our top seven values that we want kind of our family culture to be centered around. Um, so obviously humor and contentment is one of them because we love the funny stories, uh-huh. <laughs> but also things like connection to God and family, um, adventure and courage and just different things like that. And so I started looking through my family stories, trying to find at least one story per value so that in the future, <laughs> when my kids have something tough um, that happens to them and they're coming to me for advice, um, like a time when they are feeling left out or maybe a time where they failed and they're trying to figure out what they can learn from it, that I'll have this right. big collection of stories that I can turn to and say, well, grandpa so-and-so had a very similar experience and this is what he learned from it. And so they can kind of look to the people that came before them to find answers to their, the big life problems now. Hmm. That is amazing. So how have you gone about compiling everything and getting that all together? So I just started with family search because I figured that would be the easiest place to start. Like I said, I have, mm-hmm. I have grandparents that are pretty involved. And so they've been putting a lot of things up on family search. Um, and I just went to the memories tab and basically I decided that whoever had the most memories is where I'd start with because they were more likely to have stories written up there. Uh-huh. Um, and so I went through a couple generations and I actually didn't have too many on my side, but the first one I kind of hit was on my husband's side. Um, and it was his mother's grandmother. Yeah. Okay. So he removed. Um, and this is actually the ancestor that I feel most connected with, which hmm. I thought was kind of interesting because she's not my direct ancestor. She's my husband's. Uh-huh. Um, but as I read her story, she actually had a full life history typed up there. It was like 20 pages long. Wow. So I first saw it, I thought, um, no, I don't have time for this. I'll just kind of skim through. <laughs> of course, as you know, with family history, that never happens. I totally got sucked in, read the whole thing like twice. <laughs> and I loved it. She just had such clear memories and such clear descriptions of um, her life from the time she was three years old all the way through the end of her life. And wow, she started off living in Kentucky and she has stories of growing up next to this beautiful river and her parents ended up joining the church and deciding to move across the country. And she has all these funny stories about the different things that happened as they made the trek across. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me is that she described these scenes so clearly, like I could almost see them as I was reading through it. I could see the scene that she was describing. Oh, that's amazing. Almost every big life event, I could like see a picture. Um, and so I'm not like, like I don't illustrate books but I just knew that I had to make a children's book based off of her life because I could see these images so clearly and I knew I needed to get them down and so I kind of started this project where I decided that I was going to make her like the first 10-15 years of her life into a children's book and share it with my kids because there are so many just gems of stories in there that Mm -hmm. I wanted to share with them but also show them because like I said such beautiful descriptions she included Oh, that is incredible. So have you started, have you already made this children's book or what is the, what's the timeline on that? Yeah. So I've, it's a lot harder than I thought. Like I thought children's book, you just write down what she said and the children's (laughs) book will be good. But 
it's a lot harder than I thought. Like I have so much respect for children's book authors now because it's not, mm-hmm. not as easy as I thought, but I've written kind of the text that I want and I've decided which images I want for sure. And so I kind of started a process of researching a little bit more about like, well, what did Kentucky look like at the time that she lived there? And what did the railroad look like? Cause that was just being built. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of did some historical research. Um, but then she gets to a part where she describes um, the piece of land that they ended up buying. And it was so funny because they had built a log cabin before and then they acquired this land. And so they decided to move the log cabin onto the land because I guess that's faster than rebuilding a house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so she describes how they put the log cabin on big, long tree logs and then they hooked up the horses and they pulled it across the city with the kids inside the house <laughs> to the new place of land. And she just talks about how much they love running back and forth between the windows and falling over each other <laughs> but the land she described is in sugar city idaho which i don't know if you're familiar with there but it's a pretty small town it's not too uh-huh. big and she said it was bounded by a railroad and a river and a highway and i thought well railroads you can't move and rivers you definitely can't move the highway uh-huh. might be kind of tricky to figure out but i'm pretty sure i can find this place so i got on google maps and i sort of started looking around sugar city and i actually found the only triangle in Sugar City that is described as she described it. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And so I called my my husband's grandma, which is her daughter, and I said, I think I found her house. And she was so excited about it. And so we planned for the summer when I was coming up to Idaho again, we were going to go drive up there and try to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did. We drove up there and we found the little spot and it was beautiful. We, we I had my kids with me and so we stayed there and played in the river for a couple hours and just mm-hmm. talking about different stories that we had both learned about her and it was such such an amazing experience yeah that is so cool I am totally inspired and I love that so much holy cow way to go for doing inspired by her I remember being in the car listening to that episode where she talked about taking her kids by herself and driving across the country and I thought I could do that only uh-huh just just to one place instead of a bunch of different places. So yeah. <laughs> I was so excited that I listened to that one or else I never would have even had the idea to look for the place on Google Maps. Yeah, but- I know. That is that's incredible. So I'm guessing the cabin is not still standing, right? Oh, it's not. It's not there anymore. But Okay. Can- so so what is there? Um it's just I mean, it's an open little field. They had a couple like farm implements that looked like they'd been there for a long, long time. Um, but it, it's just, since it's such a kind of awkward piece of land in between those three big landmarks, it's just kind of mm-hmm. sat there, but it's still, I mean, beautiful and lush and green. The, the big willow trees that they would swing on to get into the river are still there. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. And as we were driving back into town, my, my grandma or my husband's grandma recognized her cousin's house and she said, oh my goodness, I wonder if he still lives there. And so we went in there and sure enough, he was still there. He was 97 years old. And he wow. eyesight a long time ago, but we asked him if he could confirm the location that we thought we had found. And he, I mean, he's been blind for years. He described it perfectly. Oh, and that he's seen it, but like, who knew that a 97 year old blind man would be the one that able to actually help us find it. Uh-huh. Totally <laughs> nailed it. Um, and a few weeks later he actually passed away. So I was so grateful that I was able to bring everyone up there and connect with them again before before he did so that she could see him but so yeah we found the place we played in the river we got I picked up a few of the river stones because they were just so beautiful and I have them now in my living room in a little glass mason jar and it reminds me of how much I love the value of play and adventure but also of our really special experience there 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Leslie, I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Holy cow. Amazing. So as you're making this children's book, where do you find the pictures that you're putting into the book? And do you have a plan for how you're going to, you know, bind it all together? I don't know if you've thought that far in advance, but I'd love if any of my listeners want to do the same thing, if you have any insider tips to give them. Yeah. So I actually just did a lot of Google searching. I kind of treated it like a school project, like a history project you would do in kind of elementary school where you're supposed to be researching a certain time period. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just collected stories of what the landscape would look like and then stories I'm not sorry not stories I collected pictures of what the landscape would look like and then pictures of what people looked like in that era so I could kind of guess what they'd be wearing Um, and then just any details that they would mention within the stories I'd look up for those specific items Um, so for example they wallpapered the inside of their cabin with newspaper and so I just looked up what that would look like to have a wallpaper um, cabin with newspaper oh cool And then I specifically went to that place to get pictures of that landscape because it was kind of a unique place. But um, there's so many resources online of just pictures that people take and all put for put on the Internet for everyone to use. So Mm -hmm. I recommend just good old Google and putting together different um, locations is kind of how I sorted it. So cool. Eventually to have it illustrated, but yeah, kind of a far distant dream. Okay. Well, I love that. I think that is such a genius idea. And now I totally want to do that too. So you're very inspiring. (laughs) Thank you. And then just writing it from the children's perspective is what really kind of made it different for me because my kids don't really want to read like a research project of this is what it looked like to build a train and keeping it from her perspective and just the parts that she'd be interested in. So the prairie dogs that she remembers seeing on the plane, just kind of the smaller details Mm -hmm. that only a kid would really think to include yeah I love that awesome awesome okay Leslie before I have you go I would just love to hear any advice that you have for my listeners or for anyone who is wondering if family history is for them or how you know maybe they've been feeling in a little slump and they're not sure how to get excited about it what advice would you give to them of course um Elder Renlund's talk from this last conference Dale G. Renlund Mm -hmm. Um, He talked about the blessings of family history and the blessings that come from learning from our ancestors. And that has just kept coming back to me so much in the past six months. Um, The one section that really stood out to me is the list he made of the blessings that you receive from learning about your ancestors. Yeah. The long, long list. But some of the ones that stood out to me were um, increased protection um, from the adversary, increased assistance to men troubled or broken hearts. Or anxious hearts. I think anxiety is something a lot of us struggle with. And so I thought Mm -hmm. it was so interesting to be connected family history to anxiety. Um, Increased ability and motivation to learn and repent. Because when we have an understanding of who we are and where we come from, we have a better vision of where we're going. And then finally, an increased love and appreciation for our ancestors so that we no longer feel alone. Mm. And I love that one because I, I mean, I recently moved here. And for a long time, I felt like I couldn't really find my friend group. Like we had... I had people that I like to talk to, but never really made a really strong relationship like I had in other places that I lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that this ancestor, my my husband's grandmother, kind of came as a friend to me in a time when I didn't have a lot of friends. Mm. Um, and as I was talking to um, her daughter, who's living now, my my husband's grandmother, she said, you know, none of her descendants have really taken an interest in her or in learning more about her. I mean, she was a member of her life, a member of the church her whole life. So it's not like there's any work that needed to be done. 
Uh-huh. But she said, but you've taken an interest in her. And I feel that since you've shown a little bit of an interest, she's kind of going to go to work with you from the other side because she wants her super mm-hmm. full. And uh-huh. so she's not my direct ancestor. My husband and my kids are hers. And they're her direct descendants. And I know that she's very invested in their lives and their well-being. And she wants them to know her. So if I can connect them any way I can, I'm more than happy to. Because I just think she has an incredible story and so much to learn from. Yeah, totally. I love that so much. I think it's really important, especially for those of us who who do have a lot of work that's already been done. And lots of people in our family who are you know, who spend lots and lots of time doing family history work. I think when we personally take the time to invest in learning about their stories, that's when the magic happens. And that's when we really feel the connection. And I think I totally, I totally see how she would want your great, your husband's, let's see, is it his great grandma? Yeah. Grandma. Yeah. I think she wants to be connected to, her descendants and to you. And she's just, yeah, I, I love this story. So thank you so much. I think it's, yeah, it's beautiful. So, so my, my takeaway advice and kind of rewording what Elder Renlund said is basically just think about what you're struggling with in your personal life and then find a way to look for the answer through family history. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I didn't have a lot of friends. And so I turned to family history and I learned a lot about this person. Um, that really made a big impact in my life. So if you have anxiety or if you have, you just feel like you have a broken life or if you have different temptations or just any different struggle you have, try to find an answer in family history because of all the people in your life, your ancestors are the ones most invested in your success and they love you so much. And I think they're going to jump at the chance to help you if you just let them. Yes, totally. I have the chills. This is amazing. I could not agree more. And I think if any of my listeners have not listened or read or watched Elder Renlund's talk, I'll link it in the show notes because it really is so amazing. And the promises that he makes, I mean, like you said, it's a really, really long list of, you know, blessings that come from doing family history. And so I think that no matter what problem you have or what you're struggling with, family history can help with that. So totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for coming on the show. This has been such a treat to talk to you. And I'm just so grateful for your, yeah, for your example and for all that you're doing to teach your kids and your husband and everyone about your family because it's so important. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. I wouldn't have gotten any of these ideas if I hadn't been listening to your podcast and all the different guests that you've had in the past that just sparked little ideas here and there. So I definitely think there's so much value in learning from other people's stories and just picking what you think will work for you and making it happen. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. I appreciate you being here so much and I'm so thankful for all of your support over the last few months and years that I've been doing this. I know it's been a little sporadic over time, but I have decided for now to step away from the podcast and focus on other things. So I am just so grateful for you, and if you want to find more of me and what I'm doing in this family history journey, you can always follow me on social media, send me an email, or sign up for one of my online courses, which are amazing. So I've put all of the links in the show notes. I have two more episodes to bring to you before I step away for the time being, and again, I'm just so grateful for each one of you and for your support.